Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Santa H., and I am a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Today is Monday, October 5th, 2015. Today we are reading from the big book, and we are on page XIX, the last paragraph, beginning with While the Internal Difficulties. Today's readers are The Twelve Steps, Matt M., The Twelve Traditions, Naomi B., and reading the literature today are Terry H., Du L., and Judy M. The share ID for Sunday, October 4th, our special edition meeting by Becca W. from Maryland, entitled Living in God's Design. Step 10, 11, and 12 is share ID number 8080. 8080. OA Preamble Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither accepting, soliciting, nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Matt M. to read the 12 steps. Good morning, Matt. Good morning, Santa. Thank you for your service. Good morning, my fellow visionaries. This is Matt M., Recovering Compulsive Overeater, just for today. The 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. Number one, we admit that we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, 
We try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you. Thank you, Matt M. I will now ask Naomi B. to read the 12 traditions. Good morning. Good morning, Santa. My name is Naomi B. and a grateful, grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater outside Philadelphia. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for a group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leader is of a trusted service. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement of OA membership is the desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters of affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry this message to compulsive overeaters who still suffer. Six, an OA group or never endorse finance or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise. <clears throat> Excuse me. These problems of money, property, prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, Every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ service workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name would never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relation policy is based upon attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity in the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communications. And 12. Anonymity is a spiritual foundation of all these traditions ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for allowing me to serve, and I pass. Thank you, Naomi B. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share. But we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book means to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, and then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book on page XIX, the last paragraph beginning with, while the internal difficulties, 
I will ask Terry H. to begin reading. Good morning, Terry. Good morning, Sosa. Good morning, Vision View. My name is Terry H. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Maine. While the internal difficulties of our adolescent period were being ironed out, public acceptance of AA grew by leaps and bounds. For this, there were two principal reasons the large number of recoveries in reunited homes. These made their impressions everywhere. Of alcoholics who came to AA and really tried, 50% got sober at once to remain that way. 25% sobered up after some relapses. And among the remainder, those who stayed on with AA showed improvement. Other thousands came to a few AA meetings and at, the fir- at first decided they didn't want the program. But great numbers of these, about two out of three, began to return as time passed. And so here we are in the forward to the second edition. This is the growth of AA. And um, I'm so grateful for, for the second edition that they wrote. You know, they wrote... They're, they're telling us, you know, how, you know, how the book was, you know, come about. You know, now people are starting to recover because of the steps, and you know, we got the traditions in line, and um, you know, the steps are steps is how it works, and the tradition is why it works, and um, you know, I, I love the line where it says, um, but great numbers of these, about two out of three, begin to, to return as time pass, and. So they see, you know, they come into the, the rooms and, you know, they see that it's working. And, but, you know, I, I look at these, the two out of three maybe or not, you know, they they had to do some more experience. And, you know, I totally relate to that, that it took me a long time to get to Overeaters Anonymous because, you know, I wasn't clear on my, on, you know, on the disease aspect of it. And um, it's, this whole paragraph talks about, you know, what kind of a message am I carrying today? And, I just want to just want to read something that you know it was it was really interesting you know you know what how many recovered before the book was you know brought about and how many recovered after the book re, um, came about so it says when Alcoholics Anonymous was first published in April 1939 the big book authors claimed that 100 had recovered from alcoholism since June 1935 this slow rate of growth was partially due to lack of written instructions on the course of action which were the 12 steps. Five recovered at the end of 1935. Fifteen recovered at the end of 1936. Forty recovered at the end of 1937. A hundred recovered at the end of 1938. Shortly after the publication of Alcoholics Anonymous, a fellowship involved based on the principles of the book, the organization was so successful in providing a solution from the hopeless state of mind and body known as alcoholism that it received a considerable amount of public interest and support. This publicity resulted in increased book sales and membership. So after the book was written, 400 recovered at the end of 1939, 2,000 recovered at the end of 1940, 8,000 recovered at the end of 1941. So from 1941 to 1955, 14 more years, you know, they grew another 142,000 for a total of 150,000. By um, 1950, by by the end of 1955, and so you know, it talks about you know here we have this book and it has complete clear you know instructions about how to recover, and so I look at you know what kind of a message am I am I carrying today because there was so many times I came into the rooms and I did not hear the message, and um, knowing the message today and knowing that this is a life and death thing. I, I just know it's my responsibility to carry this message and um, to help another 
another compulsive overeater to to recover today because um, we all deserve this life. And I'm so grateful for for the second edition. I'm grateful for the steps, and I'm grateful for the traditions, and um, I'm grateful that I have a solution today. And um, with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Terry H. And who else would like to comment on that paragraph? Kim Greich. I'm sorry, Kim G. Good morning, Kim. Anyone else? Okay, Kim, get us started. Good morning. <laughs> I'm sorry. Good morning, Sansa. Good morning, all. My name is Kim G, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. You know, my heart swells every time I hear these numbers, you know, of alcoholics who came to AA and really tried, 50% got sober at once and remained that way. 25% sobered up after some relapses. So that means 75% of the people that walked into AA in, in this time period, 16 years in, is getting sober and is staying sober and getting recovered and their families are becoming reunited. You know, why was that? is because when you came into an AA meeting, I mean, there were two AAs. There's the AA, this book, the program of recovery, and there's AA, the fellowship. And at this point in AA's history, there is no difference between the two. When you walked into an AA meeting, you heard the 12 steps. You heard this book. Now, AA today, can they claim a 75% recovery rate? Absolutely not. I attend AA meetings even though I'm not an alcoholic because I, I crave this message. And they say they're lucky if they can claim 10%. You know, my experience in OA and from, from what I've seen from even censuses of world services, we're lucky if we can claim 3 to 5%. Why is that? Because the program of recovery, which is in this book, which is the 12 steps, is often not reflected in the fellowship. Think about your own experience. I know for me, in my area, for most meetings, you go in 10 minutes late and you miss the reading of the steps. What's your impression of Overeaters Anonymous? It's often, this is group therapy. This is a diet club. People are sharing their diet tips and how they can avoid people, places, and things. I see a group where people are united on the problem. You know, I often tell a story where someone I was working with who came from AA went to her first OA meeting, and there was a woman leading the meeting who was morbidly obese, who was saying that she's been in OA for 20 years, and she has two weeks of abstinence, and everyone is clapping excitedly, and she's going, that's all she's got? 20 years, two weeks, and the woman came up to her after the meeting and put her arms around her and said, don't worry, honey, sometimes the best we can do in OA is to get two weeks. I mean, what kind of message is that we're sending? You know, we have a thing in in OA called 12-step within. That's to help those people within the room. We also have public information and helping out in health fairs. My personal opinion is we have to concentrate on the people in our rooms. I get nervous when I get a nursing student asking me if they can come to an OA meeting. Can I suggest one? Because I'm afraid of what message that this nursing student is going to get if I send her to many of the meetings in my area. So this is what I, I want to talk about, is this, or I'm going to end with, is the idea of what do our meetings look like? Are we carrying this message? The strength of AA at this point is because when they walked into a meeting, they heard the 12-step program. They didn't hear people moaning about the problem. Let's get back to that. Let's strengthen Overeaters Anonymous the way AA was when this second edition was published. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim. from New York. Charles. Good morning, Charles. Good morning, Charles. Anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? 
This okay, is Charles, go ahead. I'm sorry, who was that? <laughs> this is Larry. Larry K. Nancy R. Nancy R. Anyone else? Who was that? Jill T. Jill T. Okay, I have Charles H., Larry K., Nancy R., and Jill T. Anyone else? All right. Good morning, Charles. Good morning, sons of Charles H. Recovered Visionaries yesterday. I wasn't going. I wasn't going to touch this because I'm. 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 I'm jumping off the beat, beating down other OA group uh, campaign. I'm. I'm jumping off of that. But, um, you know, just for identification purposes, one of the meetings that saved my life, even before, you know, because you know, I'm. I'm a. I'm a double winner. Before, you know, going to a powerful AA meeting in the Bronx in my area called Primary Purpose. And, you know, I, I'm not, it's a, it's a strong meeting because a lot of them in there have long, I guess they got long abstinence off of their substance. However, they're not talking about the steps. So I identify, you know, so in my three-minute share, you know, when I can get there, um, you know, I talk about the program of action, but I so identify in with, you know, AA today in 2015 as it was compared you know, comparing to like you know the first the first hundred and 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 when the second edition was was printed, it, it is I, I I'm not bashing twelve step thank God for AA, but you know the program of action is, is where it is. But I'm I'm jumping off I'm jumping off that bandwagon of bashing people. The tenth tradition um says that we don't have to bash other people, but it is what it is. Get 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 some recovery. And give it. That's the strong suggestion of the of the. That's that's the message I get from this big book. Get some recovery, and, and get recovered. And in order to stay recovered, you got to give it. You can't keep it unless you give it away. But right now, they, they're not giving away the program of action. So it's our responsibility. If we get something, we got to give it. Page one sixty four says that we got to trudge this road together. I'm going to trudge all the way to Virginia, but I'm going to warm up and tune up with recent six conventions first. So with that, I'm passed. That's all i got this morning. Thank you. Thank you, Charles H. And good morning, Larry K. Good morning, Santa. Larry K., Recovered Compulsive Reader from Chicago. Um, you know, I love this paragraph uh, because it, it, it gives us some sense uh, regarding, you know, what the rates of recovery were, you know, as best they could determine at that, at that point. And, um, you know, it, you know, for me, what recovery represents, you know, today is, is that once I, I work this practical program of action, you know, step, te- step 12 tells us, you know, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, you know, and we tried to carry this message. So now we have a message to carry. And, and the promises of this program capture so beautifully what's happened to me. It's, it's you know, when it talks about we're going to have a new freedom and a new happiness, see, that's, that's what I've experienced. It didn't promise me a, a perfect life. I don't expect that. 
you know, life's going to happen. But do I have a new freedom and a new happiness? Absolutely. Um, it was because what happened was, is I had this allergy of the body and this obsession of the mind. And I was out of ideas. When I was out of ideas, I can't tell, you know, when that's going to be for anyone else. But I know for me, it's at a certain point, the disease beat me down into a state of reasonableness, which was a good place to be. And then I was willing to work these steps precisely. And when I did, and I didn't wait till I felt better, and that's why I think uh, a lot of times, at least from my experience, you know, I would work steps one, two, and three, and I didn't feel worthy, perhaps, of working step four and doing those action steps, or I'd try to dabble in them. And I was waiting to feel better, and that's not what, what this was about. At least that's my experience. And then when I worked the rest of those steps, I had a spiritual awakening that drove out this obsession of the mind. So um, I do comprehend the word serenity, and I do know peace today, and I do have a freedom today. Not, uh, not perfection, but I do have a freedom today. And I think that's what I advocate for just because I've experienced it. And I love other people that advocate for working these steps, working this practical program of action sufficiently as laid out in the big book so that you too, you too can have a spiritual awakening sufficient to arrest this disease. Um, I wouldn't have believed it if it didn't happen to me, but it did. <laughs> so I'm, I'm uh, grateful for that. And now um, I just carry that same message today. So anyways, with that, I'll pass. Thanks, Santa, for your service. Thank you, Larry Kay. And good morning, Nancy R. Good morning, Santa. Thank you for your service. Good morning, Visions for You. My name is Nancy. I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. And I find so much hope in this uh, paragraph. I, I, I refer to it a lot uh, I'm going to, I like to focus in on the last part where it says, among the remainder, those who stayed on with, with AA showed improvement. I think that, uh, to me, that, I mean, there's so much hope in that. Uh, in a letter that Bill Wilson wrote to someone who was struggling, he talks about people who have a hard time. And uh, that's the 25% that's not included in the 50% that got it at once, 25 that got it after some relapses, there were still some people who were struggling. And what he says to them uh, is that I think, you know, I think you're suffering a, uh, a great deal for from a needless guilt, he said, and I quote verbatim, for some reason or other, the Lord has laid out tougher paths for some of us and I guess you're treading on one of them. And he goes on to say, uh, do not stay away from any feelings of discouragement. You know, uh, this is the place you should be. And uh, it's not always the quantity of good things that you do. It is also the quality that counts. Above all, take it one day at a time. So for anybody who's struggling, uh, there's hope, you know. It says you get better, and if you leave, if you leave, you don't have a chance uh, of hearing the message. And it takes, it, it it takes what it takes for the for the message to click in. Uh, some people get it faster than others, 
But the most important thing is that it says those who stayed, to me that's the key word, don't quit, keep coming back. Um, I, I was part of the uh, percentage that left, and uh, the pain brought me back. Um, so I find this so very encouraging. You know, you can, it's like you can't lose. If you don't get it and you stay, you get better. And if you stay long enough, eventually uh, you have a chance of getting it. If you leave, you don't, you know, you, you're up a creek without a paddle. Uh, thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Nancy R. And Jill T., you will be the last to share on this paragraph before moving on to the next. Good morning, Jill. Good morning. Thank you. This is Jill T. in Pittsburgh, Recovering Compulsive Overeater. Though I'm very new to the Big Book Way, I joined OA first back in 2006. I joined the HOW group. I was in there probably less than a year, maybe somewhere between six and nine months, and there was a voice in my head that said, um, I can do regular OA. It seems a little easier. I, I got this. This is easy. So I started going to the regular OA and left the structure I really, really needed in how. I didn't know what desperate uh, condition I was in. I didn't know the depth and the uh, severity of my disease at that time. So I spent several years in regular OA, and it served me very, very well. Uh, two, three years ago now, I was diagnosed with cancer, and throughout all of my multiple surgeries and uh, chemotherapy, I had to go back on to white flour, and I, again, unknowingly became, I was working with my sponsor, but unknowingly I became very dependent on that white flour to the point where, um, actually not the flour as much as the sugar in it, but however, um, long story short, I have returned to the big book now since August, and uh, I didn't know at the time I was living in such fear of being without food because I had been through some such uh, uh, physical and emotional pain through all that, and I am now cancer-free, praise God. So I guess, yes, I am, I am one of the ones that returned as well, too, and I am so grateful that OA continues because there was something for me to continue to, to return to. These numbers do give me hope. Uh, I'm very new to the big book way, so yes, there's part of me that wants to just get scared and say, oh my gosh, I might be part of the part that doesn't make it, but I'm not going to go there because of what I've heard on the phone today and what people keep pointing me to is that this path does work. And so I feel encouraged uh, by these numbers and also by my higher power in that yeah, if I, if I fall away someday, I just pray that he is working on my behalf and he'll return me and bring me back again, older and wiser, with more uh, more um, experience that I don't want to go back into the food. But for today, I'm on meeting 67, I think, out of 90. My goal is 90 and 90. So I'm very grateful for that and grateful for the... Um, transition and transformation of my mind and yes this big book way has been a real gift and blessing to me with that i'll pass thank you and thank you jill t and we're going to move on to the next paragraph for those who just came on the line we are on page xx and i'm going to ask do l she will begin reading that first paragraph another reason for the why acceptance good morning do good morning Another reason for the wide acceptance of AA was the ministration of friends. 
friends in medicine, religion, and press, and the press, together with innumerable others who became our able and persistent advocates. Without such support, AA could not have made only the slowest progress. Some of the recommendations of AA's early medical and religious friends will be found further on in this book. Um, and let me just put my timer on here for a minute. <laughs> Morning, my name is Du L, and I am a recover compulsive overeater from New York. Um, I really love this because it really shows that, um, you know, in the beginning of our A history, this progression of this book was, you know, word of mouth. Um, it was from one alcoholic to another, and that's how they were able to pass on the message. However, in, um, in 1940, when they met up with John D. Rockefeller, he had the members there and people from the news, from the radio, from television showed up and were able to advocate um, for these people. And then there was doctors and, and, and religious people there that were observing this movement. And one of the things that I love here, it says that to advocate is to recommend one who supports or defends a cause, one who pleads on behalf of another. So they're not someone that uh, becomes affiliated with us, but they cooperate with us. In other words, they advocate for us. And one of the things, I, I went up to page 569, and just to give you a brief summary of what the medical uh, view of AA was, you know, there was um, these doctors that were saying, like Dr. G., Kirby Collier, a psychiatrist, he says, any therapeutic or, or philosophic procedure which can prove a recovery rate of 50 to 60 must merit our consideration. And they saw, according to the paragraph that we just read, that there was a 75% success rate in AA. That meant that this book, this program was working because the numbers were showing a considerable amount of people that recovered that were restored back to health, that were restored to a right way of thinking, and that merit their attention. You know, this is the professional uh, people that are saying this. And then Dr. Harry M. Tebow, which was uh, another member, uh, another person who was advocating for us, was saying that the breakdown of, um, that his job as a psychiatrist was the task of breaking down a patient's inner resistance so that the inside will flower as under any activity of the AA program. And he, again, advocated for us. And then in um, page 572, it talks about the religious view of AA. And it talks about how, you know, these um, Catholic churches were saying that, that there is something about the spiritual AA program where Catholics were becoming better Catholics. And, um, and that goes to show that this program is working in all fields, in all ways of life, and, and that we have these men and these women who were advocating for us on our behalf with, you know, the um, religious aspects, the medical aspects, and all these other aspects, and we're so grateful because of the advancement of this work. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Duel. And who would like to comment on that paragraph that was just read. This is Janice. Janice M. Good morning, Janice. And Paula D. Paula D. 
Good morning. Anyone Amy else? E. Amy E. Amy E. Mm-hmm. Anyone else? Okay, I have Janice M, Paula D, and Amy E. Good morning, Janice. Well, good morning to you, Santa, and everyone. My name is uh, Janice M. I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. It starts out saying another reason. Well, what was the first principal reason? Principal means most important. And I think that's why they've endorsed us. The principal reason was only, the principal reasons were two that people were recovered. You know, these drunks, they were put in asylum. So these, these friends, it says it three times, friends, the medical field, the religious field, the, the press, were friends of this. They were, they were advocating because they saw proof. They saw proof of transformations, personality changes, and, and members, those were the members of AA, and, of course, their families were reunited. <laughs> I don't know about you and your disease, but my disease, boy, oh, boy, I was on the bridge of divorce because of my disease and the way I acted. And, you know, so people, you know, after 51 years, I'm still here, and that's due to the recovery the recovered, the seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. Now, in addition to the proof, we we got the the AA at the time, got stamps of approval by the medical field, et cetera. And it was so well explained, they supported, pardon me, an advocate is a support. Why? Because it was proof. You know, you see something and and you talk about it. And your reputation gets bigger and bigger and bigger because of the observation of the proof of what the program did. And that's why we feel we cooperate with the with these groups because um, you know, and they cooperate with us. They advocate for us. What an awful, what a wonderful thing. We don't affiliate with them. Um, you know, we don't join them with their views, re- religious, et cetera, but we do get along with them and they do give us that support and that's that's how it grew because they were became the friends of um AA and um it's very interesting to read the back pages of uh, 569 70, 572 and 571 and see how these people of great skill highly skilled people advocated for AA and with that I pass thanks thank you Janice M and good morning, Paula D. And good morning to you, Santa. <laughs> and this is Paula D. I am a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater by and with the grace of God. You know, as I read this and I listen, you know, I have no idea. I have no idea when I walk into a meeting about the history of the people. And ain't it grand? Ain't it grand? All the same, but as we're looking at this paragraph, and I'm going to kind of, uh, let me, I'm going to camp out on this area. Press together. Yeah, I know I'm starting right in the middle. Press together with innumerable others who became our able and persistent advocates when I couldn't advocate for myself. Someone else was there. Without such a porch, AA could have made only the slowest progress. But yet we read in these pages, this was no slow progress. 
This was no slow progress. You know, I wanted to also, and I want to just, yeah, I'm camping out on that line, but it goes along right here with the back of the book. And we've read much about the back of the book, which is something that I usually avoid as we're reading the front of the book. That too? Get me to the meat of it. This is it. This is it. Being mindful of the time, though, 569 does say the medical view, how they saw. This is huge. It's like you put their sheet in front of them, and there was their history. And they said, can this person that's sitting in front of me be that same person that history is? Yes. That's why. They're the answer. Why did they advocate? It wasn't a number. It wasn't a percentage. It was a name, and it was a history of that person. Can this be them? And look at what it says. Dr. Forrest Kennedy, neurologist. Hmm. This organization of Alcoholics Anonymous calls on two, come along, of the greatest reservoirs. Do you know what a reservoir is, what it holds? A power known to men, religion, and the instinct for association with one fellows. The herd instinct. I think our profession must take appreciative cognizance of this great therapeutic weapon, if we do not do so, we shall stand convicted of emotional sterility and of having lost the faith that moves mountains, without which medicine can do little. They saw the mountains moved. There it is. And I must see the same when I go into the rooms. I don't know who, when, where, why. I don't know any of those answers, but I know how I come. And somebody came to me, and they stayed with me. Thank you for allowing me to share. And with that, I do pass. Thank you, Paula D. And good morning, Amy E. Good morning, Santa. Good morning, everybody. Amy E. Recovering, grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Ohio. Um, I'm I'm sitting here thinking, you know, after hearing that paragraph, how AA said that it wouldn't have been able to uh, spread as rapidly without its friends in religion, science, and the media. And my immediate thought was, where are OA's friends in religion, science, and the media? Now, um, shame on me, I don't know OA's history um, nearly half as well as I do uh, AA's history. So I don't know what attempts Roxanne made to reach out to the medical profession or um, um, letters of recommendation from dietitians or um, uh, members of religious bodies. Um, but in, instead of focusing on that and, and faulting OA as a group, I turned the focus back on me and said, well, what am I doing to spread the message to my priest? Have I talked to my priest about my recovery in Overeaters Anonymous, and if he runs into anybody who um, uh, is struggling with their weight, have them give me a call. Have I spoken to uh, my doctor about my recovery from um, compulsive overeating? And have also suggested that if if she encounters anybody with a similar problem, to have them give me a call. You know, how am I outreaching in that way? Um, I have a tendency to sit back and think, well. Um, 
uh, and I see this in in my AA meetings too. The new, you know, AA so well established. Judges are sending people here. People are being remanded to AA meetings. Um, they'll get, you know, we, we sit back and take it easy and wait for people to come on in. Um, but I, I hear over and over again on this meeting, and as we read this book, uh, vigorous work with other compulsive overeaters, a vigorous program of action is the only way that I'm going to um, abstain from compulsive overeating a day at a time as I work these steps and live in 10, 11, and 12, especially in 12, sharing this message with others. Um, so how can I use my um, non-compulsive overeater friends to be, it's, I, I, I hear sometimes we're the only example of the big book that people may encounter. So how am I behaving today in the world? Am I behaving like a recovered compulsive overeater? Or am I, you know, weighing and measuring and abstaining, but I'm, I'm um, emotionally drunk, um, uh, emotionally compulsive overeating, um, selfish, self-centered, dishonest, afraid. Um, it, it gives me pause, and it was a good message to hear today. Thanks so much. I pass. Thank you, Amy E. And who else would like to share or comment on what was read? Melissa Singh. Good morning, Melissa. Hi, good morning. Anyone else would like to comment on what was read today? Sue B. from Maryland. Sue B. Good morning, Sue. Hi, Santa. Anyone else? Vasa O. Good morning, Vasa. Good morning. Okay, I have Melissa C., Sue B., and Vasa O. You're up, Melissa. Hi, good morning, Santa. This is Melissa C., recovered compulsive overeater in New York. And um, now I'm thinking about what it means to have people that are advocates for us or advocate for us. And, um, you know, and that um, why would somebody advocate for me or, or my, my plan of action? Um, because, it's, because there's results that they can see. Um, and the results have to be uh, greater than just another diet, you know. For me, that's what um, initially, and I think for many of us, initially brought us to OA was the desire to lose weight. Um, you know, for I thought that my problem was my weight. And um, and so every other diet um, that I tried seemed to have lots of people advocating for it, you know, but they were promoting it, you know, and we don't, um, we're attraction, not promotion. And so... Sometimes it's hard to compete with all those millions of diets that have a lot of profit tied in and um, and campaigns. But, um, you know, I'm one of those that came and left and came and left and came and struggled and, and, and then came and stayed and, and became recovered. And so, um, you know, for me, coming back again was I wasn't just looking to lose weight. That was part of it. But I was looking for peace. I was looking for some, um, finally, to live at peace um, inside this brain of mine. And so, you know, I, I just had this wonderful visit. My mom is going to be 80 years old, and she was just visiting with us from Florida and staying with us. And I could see um, the quality of my relationship with everybody in my life 
has been affected by this, and no diet has ever yielded that kind of result, you know. But being recovered sure has, because I'm living in agreement um, and acceptance and love with people in my life. And so, you know, I had this great conversation with my mother before she left, and, you know, she says, oh, she's so happy to, you know, spend time with me, and, and I'm, you know, she sees I'm taking such good care of myself, and I'm so healthy, and she says, and you're so happy, Melissa, I can just see all this peace, and, um, you know, and so that's how people advocate for us, you know, um, and so my doctor might not get a glimmer at the piece, you know, he sees the number on the scale, and so, um, you know, he can see my physical results, but so people that have weight loss surgery also have physical results. It's the people I think in our lives that are closest to us, and so how can I advocate or how can I be more advocate is by continuing to live in peace and carry the message, and thank you with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Melissa C. and Sue B. Uh, good morning, Sandra. Thank you for your service, and good morning, everybody on the line. Um, the thought that struck me in this reading was not just that we have to carry the message in our meetings and make sure people are hearing that we can recover through these 12 steps, but doing outreach to the community and uh, talking to doctors and talking to um, church leaders and <clears throat> any professionals who may not be aware of the program. I've recently had um, an experience where um, my asthma, when I lost the weight this time, my asthma was lifted and um, I, uh, it, it came back recently due to a lot of circumstances. But when I went to, to my pulmonologist, I wasn't on any medication, and, he, and I said to him, it's the weight loss. Everything changed when I lost weight. And um, so I began to talk to him a little bit about that. But not only that, but I think that it's my responsibility to give him some letter, literature. And uh, so in my next appointment next month, uh, I, will, I will bring some literature that he can read and maybe he'll choose to, um, you know, display some uh, uh, pamphlets that we have uh, out in, in the reception area for people that are suffering. It made a huge difference in my life and my breathing this time got up to 100% after having a severe asthma attack. So I'm so, so grateful that uh, I don't have to live um, a life dependent on medication and that um, with the food and, and um, recognizing the allergies of the food and what it was doing to my body and um, the disease, the whole concept of the disease has brought me to the point where not only do I share my recovery in meetings, but how essential it is for me to reach out to the community. Um, some of the reason that our membership may be small is that we have this need to to do outreach. Uh, and so some of when we do service, some of that can can be for me reaching out to people like doctors who perhaps in the past I may have been um, afraid to share it. But the truth is they can see my recovery. They can see it in the weight loss physically, but they can hear it. 
they can see it in my eyes and the clearness of my eyes. So uh, I have to carry that message. That's the kind of service that my higher power wants me to give today. And um, I, I, I intend to do that, and I encourage others to do that as well. So thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Sue B. And Vasa O. Yes, good morning, Santa. Thank you for your service, and good morning, everyone. And I'm grateful to be here with all of you. And, uh, yes, uh, I wanted to be the winner, like the, the, the people that came to Alcoholics Anonymous, and they did, I wanted to know what they did to be recovered. And I'm so grateful that I found the solution for the first time in my life. And I'm so grateful that the, uh, my, the advocate, my sponsor, brought me in the program. She introduced me to the big book. But sadly to say, she pulled away. And I remember feeling so disappointed. I remember saying, well, it must not work. Because if it worked, why would she pull away? Why wasn't she doing what she told me to do? And, you know, my higher power spoke to my, my, in my mind, just keep on going, keep on doing Vasa, you know, and love her and pray for her. And, uh, and that's what I did. And thank you, God, that she is back, back and forth. But she, it's a struggle. It's a struggle for her. But I'm, I'm just so grateful that I did and I continue doing what I'm doing and to be an adv- advocate for, for, you know, what God has so freely given to me and the program over the years. I did bring some pamphlets at the beginning of my program to my doctor, and I did speak to him about it. And then I remember going to... I was born with heart murmur, and I thought I was so worried and so afraid. Oh, my God, I was going to die. Well, a lot of people are born with heart murmur. It's not a big deal, you know. I did have, uh, I did go on the stress, um, to have a stress test done, and uh, everything came out really awesome, you know. And I remember as, as I was walking out, oh, my God, there were so, so many people there. They were just obese, you know, struggling with heart problems. And uh, and the nurse and I told my nurse about how my brother struggled with the food addiction and heart problems. She said, "Well, don't tell him what you're doing." And I thought that was really. I said, "Why shouldn't I tell somebody? Do they want them to be sick so they could come here and make money off of them?" But anyways, it was, I don't know why what her motive was to say that. But again, I tried to. You know, I want to be a power of example, you know. And a lot of people are saying to me, why are you still going there? You've been sick all those years. You, know, They don't understand. I am who I am because I'm doing what these people are doing to be where I am today. Thank you. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Vasa O. And we have time for at least one more share. Who would like to take that spot? Mike from Florida. I'm sorry, your name again, please? Mike. Mike, thank you. Go ahead. Go right ahead, Mike. Uh, Hi. Um, A phenomenal meeting. I've been on it for about a year, and I'm just sharing for, like, the first time. I just want to fast forward to today. I just went on the OA.org website, and I just want to mention that 
whenever I'm at this point in the big book in a face-to-face meeting, I usually do this. And there were 6,500 meetings worldwide in 75 countries. And I thank God for what we're reading right now because this was the premise of how it started. This is how it started. And I'm touched and I'm honored to be able to share that just because uh, it's helped me in my seven years of being in OA. So with that, I'd like to thank you for allowing me to share. And thank you, Matt. I mean, Mike. And Mike, what's the initial of your last name? I forgot to ask you that. S. Mike S. Okay, thank you. Okay, we do have a couple more minutes if anyone want to take that spot. A two-minute share. Sarah W. Okay. Go right ahead. Good morning, Sarah. Good morning, Santa. Thank you for your service. Um, Sarah W., Grateful Recovered Compulsive Reader. The thing that struck me being in the medical profession is, unfortunately, there is such a stigma against people that are overweight by the medical community. And I really feel like it's in, you know, because I am a medical person and anybody that does go to a physician or has some sense of a religious affiliation, you know, I'm starting to really believe that it's, um, I'm I'm being called to do something with that. Um, And I think, you know, a lot of what the big book does for me is it puts me into action in some way or another to. You know, my purpose is to be of service to others uh, and to my higher power. So, you know, I really feel that I can remember in labor and delivery, we had a very obese woman, um, and I was not that heavy at the time as a nurse. And in the nurse's station, I overheard a physician talking about her in the most negative, unkind of ways. And it happens all the time. And, um, you know... We can educate people in a loving, sensitive, um, conscientious, and caring manner uh, without being rude or hostile. And um, I think that's the message I got this morning, and that's what I really feel is important. I need to be an advocate. I need to be an advocate for us because it is about us. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much for letting me share. And thank you so much, Sarah W. And we're coming to the end of our meeting, and I want to thank everyone who shared today. Please join us for the second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. We will now close with the reading from the Big Book on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. Will Judy M. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Good morning. This is Judy M., Grateful Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come. If your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. 
Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you. Until then, thank you.